Welcome to the 54th episode of Split Focus, a film and TV podcast. My name is Simon Eady, and alongside me, I have my co-host and PlayStation fun boy, Adrian Pinter. How does it go, sir? General Kenobi, it goes quite well. How art thou? I'm okay. I am okay. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. But It's good to hear, man. Oh. Yesterday. Yesterday, Adrian. Yesterday. Yesterday. From the day we're filming this, which we're not filming this at all, we're recording it. What is wrong with my brain in terms of recording and filming? Anyway, yesterday, from the day we're recording this, was recorded this on a Saturday, was the premiere for Black Widow, the Marvel Cinematic Universe movie that we cannot go see. Mm-hmm. It's kind of sad. It is. However, Simon. Yes? Yes? It's been announced here in our lovely province of Ontario. Canada. Canada. Cineplex is reopening on Friday of next week, baby. Woo! Of this week, the week the episode airs. Woo! Theaters are open. I'm going. I'm going. Tickets are available on Wednesday. I will be buying tickets. You want me to buy you tickets as well? I'm buying tickets for Ken. I'm buying tickets for my lover. I'll buy you and, uh, you and Don tickets. You want me to? I'll do it for you. Uh, uh, yeah, we can. We can. Okay. We can coordinate where we can coordinate. I want. I don't want you to, you know, purchase my tickets necessarily. I, I, I'd, I'd pay you back. To be fair. To be fair, Simon. Yeah. What? What's up? I I've literally been leeching your Disney Plus for for many for, for over a year at this point. So uh, I think it, I I think I, I'm okay with buying you tickets. <laughs> I don't mind. That's very kind of you. That's very yeah. nice of you to say. It's very yeah. nice of you to say. I am very excited for Black Widow. It's like 80, above 80% of Rotten Tomatoes, so the critics love it. It's mm-hmm. actually making uh, making money at the box office, despite the fact that it's, I mean, lots of theaters all, all around the world are closed down. So that's exciting as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, it brings me to my next point, Adrian, which is the the haters just keep on hating, eh? Did you, did you see that article that came up about that the Blade actor, Stephen Dorff? He uh, he he commented on how Black Widow is an embarrassment for Scarlett Johansson. Of mm. course, Scarlett Johansson plays Black Widow. Um, I just think it's just, in my opinion, the hating of Marvel movies or even superhero films at this point is just it's getting it's getting old. I just uh, I just think it's got to stop. I think I think it's unnecessary. And uh, in this case, I feel like this particular guy, and I specifically stated in which movie franchise he's from, which is the Blade franchise. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this guy is just jealous, honestly, in my opinion. He's literally just jealous. Uh, yeah, it's definitely possible. I don't really know Steven Dorff. I haven't seen him in anything. I'm like looking at his, yeah, my, his, my his movie releases, blah, 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 blah. And yeah, I, I don't understand why you would just talk smack. It just seems like a very personal attack as well. Like why why voice your opinion now? To Scarlett Johan, like about Scarlett Johansson, you know this is uh, this is only the second female-led Marvel movie, and, it, and it's a bad look. You know what I mean? Like, why wouldn't why bring it up now when it's again yeah, her not, solo film? Why not the Avengers? Yeah, or, exactly. Or any other movie before that? It's a little ridiculous. 
Mm-hmm. Like it's yeah, no, that that's a good point, too. Yeah, good. Good call. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not saying the guy's sexist or anything, uh, but it's just an odd time to do it. Like, why choose this movie to uh, speak your mind about the this, this franchise, which, again, uh, I love the Marvel movies. I understand, you know, some people don't like it, but you can't deny how much impact it has on like pop culture and the box office theaters in general. Um, you know, I feel like the Marvel movies really. To be fair, I, I feel like they've been keeping theaters alive for quite a while, um, or at least helping keep theaters alive for quite a while. Um, although, to be fair, again, Black Widow is also premier access, unfortunately. But yeah, I don't know. It seems a, a little bit ridiculous to say that you're embarrassed for Scarlett Johansson to be in what will most likely be a pretty great movie, or is a pretty great movie, and she's making millions of dollars. Why would you be embarrassed for her? Yeah. She's making like I think she's making like seven million dollars or something. I don't know. That's it's awesome. just, it seems insane. It seems insane to say that, mm-hmm. especially for this movie, which is arguably, I mean, it's a, a superhero movie maybe, but she's not a superhero. She doesn't have superpowers. This is like a spy movie at best. Mm-hmm. So are you embarrassed for Tom Cruise? Like I, I don't really. This is the thing I just don't understand. You're right. Why this movie? It's just again, it's so tired at this point. The people are still complaining about this because again, you're right in some capacity. I think it has kept theaters alive. Like there was a, a few years ago, I think 2018, theaters were having were struggling. They thought, oh, it's not doing well. Then all of a sudden, if Infinity War year comes out, 2019, Infinity War comes out, and that was like one of the one of the greatest years in a while for for moviegoers and then 2020 well no sorry I'm yeah it's 2018 spot. that infinity 2018, war 2019 out. yeah infinity war 2018 and then 2019 shortly after for endgame anyway it just seems ridiculous it's just it, again martin scorsese complaining about it uh lou frigno you know what's his name the the guy for incredible hulk frigno yeah sure I, I didn't pronounce the g my mistake anyways it's just he's complaining when he's like, oh, these guys don't have any muscles. Like you looked ridiculous as the Hulk. No offense. <laughs> no offense. Oh, man. man, he's painted green. Come on. These guys don't have any muscles. I'm looking at like Chris Hemsworth and right. Chris Evans. And it's just like, man, I'm a piece of shit. He's thinking Mark Ruffalo is going to buff up. He's going <laughs> to buff up for the role. Like, I look like a piece of goddamn shit compared to those guys. <laughs> like, Like what's going on? I don't want to meet this Lou Ferrigno. I feel like he's just going to be mean to me. Yeah, I don't know. It's weird. I actually, it's funny. I, I watched that Incredible Hulk. I don't know if I said that on the show before. That show, <laughs> for like a long while, I think it was uh, being rerun on TV Land. So I, I watched it quite a bit. They changed the Bruce Banner's name to David Banner. But I was very entertained by it because it's actually it had a very like serial nature to the way the episodes ran. Mm-hmm. It was kind of episodic as well, but it was cool. Like, you know, he's going from town to town as like a... Uh, he's like drifting from town to town and he's helping people out. And then by the end of the episode, almost every episode, someone makes him angry and he becomes Lou Ferrigno. <laughs> so I don't know. I liked it. You mean he becomes the Hulk? Yeah. Yeah. But he's not Lou Ferrigno initially. Like it's not, it's a different actor who plays. Oh, you know, oh, you thought he, Lou Ferrigno plays Both. Like David Banner start to finish. Isn't that what you thought? Yeah. Yeah. That's ridiculous. That's funny. Oh, I, I had no idea. Um, shows my knowledge of the, of that series. It's why did they change the name to David Banner? I don't know. I think it was some kind of licensing problem. I feel like again, this is another moment where you know Kenneth Stadelbauer, our longtime listener and longtime writer, inner might uh, jump in and say, "Hey, mm-hmm. this is the reason why." There was, I think, it was a licensing thing. Fairly certain, but anyway, mm-hmm. I think the person who plays him, 
who plays David Banner's Bill Bixby, who I'm not really that familiar with in any other properties, but yeah. anyway, I digress. I just think this is a ridiculous situation, especially this movie, especially because it's like, again, as you mentioned, one of the first female-led movies, but then also the concept that, um, again, it's like a spy movie. So it, I just don't, I don't buy this and it's going to make millions of dollars it's just it's so tired it's so tired they all have a plot they all have like a legitimate like that's just saying like that's like saying that you don't want to see action movies anymore i I just don't buy there's also a lot of variety of movies out there i just don't agree that it's it's like made it so that there's not other movies like we see lots of movies every year and i find that this is just a piece of the puzzle i mean people are going to go see shape of water potentially as well but it's just not going to be Regardless of whether there were superhero movies out there or not, it, it doesn't matter. They're, you're either going to go see Shape of Water or, Water or you're not going to go see it. it. It has nothing to do with whether there were superhero movies in a theater next to it. Like a Cineplex has like 10 atriums. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like not atriums. What would you call it? Uh, theater rooms. I, theater rooms. Yeah. It's, yeah. Theater rooms. That makes sense. Regardless. It's just strange. It's just strange. And stop complaining about it. Anyway. Yeah, that's that's my rant. My rant yeah. over. You should take him out back, take him behind that theater, like like you did with those kids, and beat the living crap out of them. Nope, nope. I didn't do anything yeah. of the sort to any any kids. You beat I, up minors. I, we all know. Anyways, I didn't, and nobody knows that um, because it didn't happen. So mm-hmm. yeah, those kids know it. Yeah, yeah, yep. Anyway, Stephen Dorff, just uh, just jealous. That's that's my that's my take. Steven, Steven Dorf, more like Steven just jealous. <laughs> <laughs> That's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. Encanto. Okay, let's reach into the mailbag for a moment here, shall we? We ask our listeners to write into us with comments, questions, and corrections by way of Twitter or by email to splitfocuspodcast at gmail.com. And Kenneth Stadelbauer, the great Kenneth Stadelbauer, wrote into us once again, and he said, hmm. Dear IGN... <laughs> Dear IGN, I do remember chickenpox parties and the adults unwittingly infecting each other as well as the kids. Fun fact, chickenpox goes dormant and can resurface later as shingles. I've had both. Oh. <gasps> oh shit. That's intense. I'm sorry, Ken. I'm sorry. I always think shingles is uh scurvy, but I realize they're two different things. They are. Mm-hmm. They are two different things. Why do you think that? I don't know. I just always mix them up. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I remember a quick story. This is very brief. I worked with a guy. Hi, Ellie. My dog just came in my, into my room. Um, I, I worked with a guy uh, when I worked at a, a Finn McCool's in Guelph, uh, which is like a restaurant. And he was telling me when he was in college, he had a roommate and all his roommate ate was hot dogs. And that's it. Like nothing else. Oh, boy. And he developed scurvy. No way. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my god! He just didn't have enough vitamins. All he ate was hot dogs. We legitimately had scurvy. Exactly. Yeah. I don't know how accurate that story is. This is again. I was just told this by my manager at the time. But yeah, that's insane. It is insane. Yeah, it's true. This is like, I mean, three parts removed. This exactly. you're hardly the primary source. But no. uh, but yeah, that is a crazy story because you think that. I mean, how how often does how often do people really get scurvy nowadays? Like it's a thing that you know pirates get. That's the, that's the, that's the rumor, you know, they don't eat fruits and vegetables. And so lack of vitamin C. No, no. 
I just want to go back to him calling us IGN. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> He's saying that because we talked almost exclusive, not exclusively. We talked a lot about video games last week. Not we. We still we we. It was eighty percent. Okay, it was eighty percent film and TV. We we dove into video games a little bit in the their relevancy specifically to film and TV. Okay, Ken, thank you, thank you for your snarky snarky start to this email, Ken. <laughs> anyway, speaking of fun, have you seen the trailer for Encanto? Encanto. This animated version of Colombia looks fantastic. Adrian, have you seen the trailer for Encanto? Yeah, I have seen the trailer for Encanto. It's uh, pretty good. It's pretty good. It seems interesting. It doesn't show too much plot. No. Um, but it's beautiful looking, as most it Disney does movies are. Look nice. Yeah, it's it's fascinating, actually. I'm starting to... I'm getting the the vibe, I'm getting the feeling that there's a blurring of the line of Pixar versus Disney films in this one especially. But yeah, it, it's kind of interesting to see the how it looks in regards to how. Um, what's a good example? What's the last Pixar movie we watched? Luca. Luca. Okay, sure, that's a good example. Like the animation style, usually you can kind of take a look at both of the, the animation styles between Pixar and Disney films. Like a movie like um, – what's that movie with the animals? Zootopia. Yeah. Zootopia is kind of unique and even though it's 3D, it kind of – I could see that it's kind of Disney in, in the way that it is in terms of its color palette and things like that. But I, I look at Luca and then I look at Encanto and I don't really necessarily see – that big of a, di- a different there is a difference for sure and it, each mm-hmm. one of these movies has a unique flair but i'm i'm it's blurring the lines because disney movies traditionally had been like very much disney princess focused in a lot of ways so mm-hmm. it's, it's interesting i don't know if you feel that that same way no i definitely do i feel like this movie looks a lot like coco in terms of its color palette and uh, how it pops so and coco yes. being a pixar movie so i definitely you can see confused you would confuse coco uh, with being a Disney movie a couple weeks ago, briefly, if I recall correctly. Yeah, yeah, because it's uh, I I just imagine it as a musical because there's so much music and uh, like throughout the film, and Pixar rarely does musicals if ever. Um, so right, and that's yeah. a good point. So like that's the that's the concept of the blurring of the lines. So you mm-hmm. got a, a Pixar movie that's pretty much a musical in a lot of ways, and then you got a Disney movie that's being a musical, but it's got a similar color palette. So yeah, that's. It's interesting. It's interesting. It's cool. It's Lin-Manuel Miranda doing the music for this movie as well. And I think he's voicing a character too. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it funny that they are pointing very specifically out that the character has no gift. Yeah. It's just, yeah, there's actually one line um, that actually made me smile at the end of the trailer where it's like, I think your gift is being in denial or something like that. Like the one kid says it to the main character. Yeah. That's pretty goddamn savage. I, I appreciate it is. that. <laughs> it is. It seems like that whole family is savage to give somebody a gift because they have no like internal talent. Yeah. Is it, is it, that's a very sharp stab in the front. Mm-hmm. I feel like, you know, a stab in the back, stab right through the heart. I feel like it's not, it's just like, thank you. <laughs> I don't know. If there's something about it. I, I think this uh, movie could be very, uh, very cheeky. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the messaging could be could be interesting if done correctly. I also, uh, I also thought. I think it was my girlfriend who said it when we watched the trailer initially. We were saying like, I think the the her gift is that she's the only one who's not an asshole in this family. <laughs> 
Yeah. But anyway. Her gift is kindness. Yeah, her gift is kindness. Yeah. That's right. Selflessness. That's right. Yeah. That's right. I'm sure it'll be good. Looks good. Yes. I'm excited. Me too. I'm excited as well. All right. Ken continued in his email. Not over yet. Not over yet. Adrian. <gasps> and he said, speaking of looks, is it true that Eric is so handsome that if he walks by a mirror, the reflection thanks him? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I love that. It's a quality. <laughs> it's a quality line right there. Yeah. it's uh, He's referencing, of course, handsome Eric, who, uh, or handsome Eric as monikered by himself, mm-hmm. who, write, <laughs> who writes into us. On occasion, on occasion, with very, very well-worded letters. Very well-worded, I must add. Anyways, mm-hmm. uh, it, this uh, this letter by Kenneth is signed, Kenneth, and he's got a quote here, as usual. Comedy is acting out optimism. A quote by the legend Robin Williams. I miss Robin Williams a lot, actually. Me too. I feel like we brought, it, brought, brought him up on the show before, but I don't know. Mrs. Doubtfire is such a defining movie of my childhood. Um, yeah. Yeah. I just think that he's a really good actor, though, in general. Like th- that, that movie shows it too. But he he kind of made a name for himself co- comedically more so than anything else. And then I don't know movies like Goodwill Hunting as an oh, example. Yeah. He's just so amazing in that movie. It's just crazy. He's got such range. Oh man, I miss him too. He's so good. He's so mm-hmm. good. He's awesome. So I agree with you. Okay, okay then. Thank you, Kenneth, for writing into us. I appreciate you. Thank you very much. And uh, now, Adrian, let's move into some more things we've been watching this week. Of course, we watched Encanto, the trailer, this mm-hmm. week. Um, but uh, what else have you been watching? What else uh, of note have you been watching? I know that yesterday you were supposed to go to uh, go see a drive-in yeah. um, movie. Did you do that or not? I did indeed, Simon. I went to the drive-in movie theater, the Mustang Drive-In in Guelph, Ontario. Oh. Um, they were playing a triple feature. I only wanted to watch the first movie out of those three movies, though. So you left after? Yeah, I did. Yeah. Oh, okay. And that movie is called Quiet Place Part Two. Um, isn't there an "ah" in there? Yeah, whatever. It's yeah. It's a quiet place. A quiet place. Tomorrow War. The Tomorrow War. A quiet place. Quiet place. Same thing. Right. Um. But yeah, yeah. I w- I watched it with my lover. We went there and uh, a decent parking spot, and uh, you know, just watched it through the car stereo and let me tell you watching this movie through my car stereo was a awesome audio experience because my car obviously you know that's 360 audio the bass is going hard so in tense moments my car was shaking and i was like this is a great experience i, I was pretty shocked because i was like i don't know if i want to watch this at a drive-in i don't know if that pause. audio ex- hmm? pause for a second here yeah your your car has 360 audio no it does not it, it does. has stereo audio no no it doesn't it has rears it has fronts it has lefts it has rights baby it doesn't channel that way it's going through the radio there's it no works. way if it, it does works. i'd be very surprised it is not running 5.1. What are you claiming? It's Atmos as well? Or? It's high-performance audio. When I turn on the radio, it says high-performance audio. Okay, Simon? It's it's a 2004 Volvo S40. You can Google it. You can get stereo that's running in high-performance. That's not mm-hmm. really relevant. Anyways, it doesn't matter. Let's not argue. Let's not argue. Yeah, so yeah, the movie. But yeah, awesome audio experience in my car. And I was a little bit worried, like, oh, like, do I want to watch this in my car? Um, I'd much rather, you know, watch it in, uh, you know, Ultra AVX, the audio visual experience that you can do at Cineplex. And um, 
if it's still in theaters and they do put it in the AVX, I do want to go back and watch it then. Um, but yeah, the movie itself is really great. I really loved it. Um, it's a sequel to obviously the what 2017 movie, A Quiet Place. Um, and it takes place immediately after when the movie starts off. It's actually like uh, how everything started which is a really cool way to start this movie and, and gets you really engaged. And uh, it's something that they didn't cover in the first one. So I was, I was excited to see how everything went to shit right off the bat. And it happens quickly and it's very well done. Um, This one is again, once again, uh, directed by Jim Halpert, um, otherwise known as (laughs) John Krasinski. Um, And uh, yeah, you know, he plays a small part in the movie. Um, just at the beginning but uh yeah the movie itself's fantastic i really enjoyed it uh killian murphy is a fantastic addition to the cast he's in the trailer i really love killian murphy as an actor um he's absolutely amazing in you know a bunch of christopher nolan movies but the first time i think i ever saw him was in 28 days later at least the first time i i recognized him um and yeah like it's super cool to see him back in this like post-apocalyptic world albeit different from 28 days later but uh yeah, I don't know. It's it's really neat. Um, I know you've been wanting to watch this movie as well. So if it is still in theaters, I, I'll go. I'll go with you. I'll go with you and I'll watch it again. Uh, just to be clear, I mean, you sent an invite to me by proxy, of course, because we don't talk outside this podcast mm-hmm. to invite me to go to this drive-in theater as well. And I just like to mention the reason we didn't go to this drive-in theater movie, we didn't go see this, and this is going to sound a little ridiculous, is because they had a very distinct banner at the top of their website that claimed that you could not bring in outside food or drink. Mm -hmm. And I would just like to point out Mustang theater, drive-in theater. I don't like that rule. I don't like that rule to the point where we literally just didn't go to 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 your drive-in. My my girlfriend said, there's no way we're not going to take food to to watch this if if we're going to go see this drive-in movie. And I'm no no fugitive. So I I decided (laughs) that's... uh, you know, that's uh, unacceptable to me. And so uh, I, I'm not going to do it. I'm going to follow their rules if that's what they want. <laughs> but um, yeah, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to go to the theater, the, their drive-in. And I haven't been to a drive-in in some time. And I actually, I think my audio is fairly good in my car too. And it would have been nice to hear the audio in my car. And I, I just like the experience of drive-ins. I think it's cool. But I yeah. just didn't go because of that. So just to be clear, I didn't go. I didn't give them the $15, $30 in ticket money because they legitimately did that. Was it packed? Yeah, yeah, there, there, it was packed. There was a bunch of people there. Um, and again, I, I bought food at the concessions. I want to support this business. Like Mustang has been around since like I think the 70s and I don't want to see it go out of business. So I'm I'm more than willing to pay the extra money at the concessions to, to keep this business running. It's um, fair, but the my, rule is ridiculous. Like you, they're saying you're going to get kicked out. That's literally what the, the, they describe in that banner on the top of their website. Yeah, you're gonna a, be, you'll be kicked out. You'll be removed from here if you bring in outside food. It's my car. I'm sitting in my own vehicle. You're telling me I can't have food in my car? That's it, ridiculous. On their that property, utterly, Who cares? <laughs> it's my vehicle. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they literally have like security guards walking around through the movie, like looking into people's cars and stuff. It's kind of funny. It's, it's, Are you serious? Yeah, I'm not even joking. Like, there's dudes walking around with like flashlights, like walking no through the way. aisles. I'll never go. Yeah. I'll never go. I don't know. I'm fine. It's too with bad. It. Like, I might have even bought concessions. It's fine. I might have even bought concessions. That's just ridiculous. Mm. Like, it's just, yeah. I don't know. Like, what you, you get rewarded for then having the most tinted windows possible? Like, come on. I guess so. It's, if you're gonna like try and cheat the system, like I wouldn't have done it again. I would have. I might have even bought. Like, even when I go to Cineplex, I don't bring food in anyway. 
Mm-hmm. I buy concessions there anyways. It's less to support them, but also it's convenient and it is to support them in some capacity, especially now. Like we're worried about that now, but let's be honest, Adrian. Like if you were, it was two years ago, they have that banner at the top of their website. Are you worried about them going out of business? Like, is that what you're worried about? Oh no, I would have, I would have definitely snuck stuff in two years ago, pre-COVID. Right. Well, it's because it's COVID, but I don't think, I mean, this could be a new banner at the top of their website, but I, I don't know. Anyways, no, I don't think it was. It's a drive-in theater. I, I went like, yeah, I went like a, a decade ago and, and I remember that being a rule, but um, my girlfriend at the time, we, we just snuck food in back then. Like I was in high school or whatever. Yeah. Oh, okay. So it was rolling up too. Um, yeah, like Quiet Place Part 2, really great. It feels more like an episode of a TV show, honestly, than a movie series at this point, which I think is, it's good and bad because when this movie ends, it left me wanting more. And I feel like it very clearly sets up a sequel, um, like a third Quiet Place movie. I can definitely see where they could take the story and and continue um you know everything from the first two movies they're really setting up the lore and it it feels very small um which i kind of appreciate it's it's that walking dead sort of uh type where at least at the beginning of the walking dead where the the world feels very small you're only following these characters you have no idea what else is going on around the world and and this this movie series i guess is following that in a very similar way um, but yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I'm curious to see where the series is going. And, and although I was left wanting more, I was a little bit disappointed on how abrupt I felt the ending was, um, which again, it might be a compliment because yeah, the movie just kind of ends at, at, at one point and it felt very short, although it's almost a two hour long movie or it is a two hour long movie. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. Like uh, I was, I was left both disappointed and very excited to see what's to come. I wish I could just watch a part three right away. I see. Okay. Interesting. Um, But again, really great. Awesome acting all around. Incredibly brutal and bloody, uh, similar to the first one. Um, And yeah, like, I don't know. It's, it's really great. Killian Murphy is just such a welcome addition as well to the cast. Emily Blunt does a fantastic job. And the one kind of negative thing I have to say about um, the second quiet places i feel like a lot of these movie these movies um these action movies or these apocalypse movies uh they fall into the same sort of tropiness or similar sort of tropiness where um everyone around you is like an evil person although you don't really know like there's no reason why these people shouldn't be working together sort of deal there's no real clear um, indication as to what these bad people want or what they're doing. They're just, you know, trying to kill people for no apparent reason. And, and I find that's their a little, stuff, no, pardon me, no for their stuff. No, um, at least in what I was watching, it made, yeah, there was no indication why a specific scene was happening. It's just, these people are bad people for no apparent reason. And I'm kind of getting sick of that. I, maybe just because of how bummer the world is, I, I want there to be some sense of like, you know, people are all right. Um, and uh, I don't know, man, it's like one of those things that, uh, yeah, like if there aren't any rules, wouldn't this selfishness is an inherent selfishness there. Like, I, yeah. or I don't know what the scene you're talking about is because I haven't seen the movie, but like, I, I, I wonder if a purge like situation would happen where people will just try and steal your stuff. They're just going to take what they believe is theirs. They're going to, I don't know. Yeah. Not to be very bleak, but potentially people are inherently selfish. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, that's an argument for another podcast. One about morality. Yeah, no, I get that. I, I just don't, 
I don't want to see that anymore. <laughs> like, I just feel like it's in every apocalypse sort of thing. And I'm oh. kind of sick of it at this point. It just seems because we're in an apocalypse. Is that why? Not ne- well. I guess like that, we're that witnessing definitely. people. You know, you know, not, they don't want to wear masks, etc. So it's like one of those yeah. things. Yeah, it, it definitely plays a part in it. But yeah, I don't know. I wish, uh, I wish it was a little bit more lighthearted. But obviously, this is not the universe that they're going for. So maybe it's just like a bad timing um, for me to watch it. I still really love the movie, though. Uh, there is too too many parts where the kids are doing just dumb shit where it's just like, Oh my God, why are you doing this? Um, which again is another, I feel like trope that a lot of these apocalypse style movies and even TV shows, I feel like sweet tooth that I watched, uh, um, or finished a few weeks back, which I absolutely loved it. It even falls into that trap occasionally where it's like these kids are dumb and they're making a dumb decision. Um, and, uh, yeah, I feel like quiet place again, falls victim to that. But other than that, again, really great movie. I definitely want to watch it again and I want to watch it in theaters um, or at the very least at home with some headphones on at some point in the near future. And uh, yeah, I'm excited to see what's to come from it. Excellent. Excellent. What have you watched, man? Well, speaking of Sweet Tooth, I actually did start Sweet Tooth. I'm about four episodes in. Pretty good. Pretty good show. I do think the kid actor is pretty solid. Like he's the guy who plays Sweet Tooth, um, Mm -hmm. which uh, I would like to say his name. Gus. The actor's name is Gus. Anyways, uh, (laughs) looking at the uh, IMDb here, uh, the actor's name is Christian Convery. Um, Mm -hmm. And then also Big Man is really good too. Like Nonzo and Nosy. Like they're they're both just really fun. Their chemistry is kind of cool. I I like these journey movies in general or journey TV series, like where they, you journey long distances. That's why The Last of Us kind of appealed to me in general as a concept as well because the game and – um, so yeah, it's cool. Like I, I, I like this kind of idea of these, uh, the road type type idea where people are traveling across America or whatever to get to a, to a place. And they're, they're you know, it's like a buddy, not, like a buddy, not a comedy, but a buddy drama in which these two people are playing off of each other. Well, it is funny actually at times cause Gus sweet tooth is extremely kind of ridiculous at many times. And he does do things that you're like, why are you doing this? I think again, watching this with the uh, with my girlfriend and she's she said specifically at one point this kid is so stupid <laughs> and it's not yeah it's not false. with but with with sweet tooth at the very least it makes a little bit more sense because he's sheltered he literally has only had one role model his entire life and that yeah, was his he's father sh- very sheltered person it, like yeah he's just incredibly naive he doesn't know like he's never met other people uh, prior to the show beginning and and again yeah he just he just knows what his father taught him so in terms of that, I kind of get it, and I could look past it. It's weird, though. He knows what his father taught him, but his father taught him the opposite of some of the things he's doing. If you really want to think about it, he's doing the exact opposite of what his father taught him most of the time. That's the tricky thing is that his father told him to be afraid of everything, and he's doing the exact opposite, and he's kind of just making his own path and believing that people are inherently good, not selfish, which is interesting. Yeah. It's, it's like you, Adrian. Maybe it was you as a child. Is it, do you relate to him on that level? Yes. Oh, there you go. Especially the anter- antlers part. Yeah, yeah, that's right. He had them shaved down or? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Anyways, no, good show. I enjoy it. It's, uh, it is good. It is good. Yeah. I'm excited to see more. And it's cool. Like the narration's a neat aspect. It's, it does feel very comic booky. It kind of feels like, I think I was drawing connections in my head to like Heroes as an example mm-hmm. um, as a show. And that the, 
I don't know, there's a nature of the way that the narration operates and the, the the kind of the spotlight on certain characters. I think it reminded me very much of, of Heroes, the TV series on NBC from way back, mm-hmm. which honestly that show just, I don't know, it just got worse. I, did, I love that show because I love, the, I love the characters, but there was just, I don't know why it took such a turn. And then when the Heroes came back, for that like last episode, that last season, it was a full season, man. Oh, was it a season? Oh, yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That rings a bell now. But yeah, it just wasn't very good. No, I watched the first two episodes, I think, and I was like, ah, I'm done with this universe. Unfortunately, I, I think I watched the lo- the whole season, but it just felt like they were bringing the characters back for the sake of bringing the characters back. Like their, I think their their big reveals were like the characters coming back. They're like, look, it's Kiro Nakamura, and like, oh, and he doesn't do anything cool. It, they did that like constantly throughout that season, and I just mm. yeah, I I think I'm pretty sure I watched the whole thing and, and just wasn't I wasn't that into it. It just felt like it lo- lost its luster. But regardless, what else have you been watching this week? Anything else, Adrian? Yeah, Simon. So last week I talked about how much I really really liked Fear Street Part One, 1994. Yes, the horror and movie on Netflix. Ooh. Yes, and this past week. The second part, Fear Street Part 2, 1978, came out. And by golly gee, is this a good movie. So far, so good. With both of these, I feel like they're they're totally, they knocked it out of the park. This second one is even better than the first one. It's this sort of, uh, well, it is a summer camp, 70s aesthetic all throughout it. Kind of reminds me of uh, Wet Hot American Summer. <laughs> A little bit, um, obviously far more serious and there's a murderer on the loose. Um, and, you know, very akin to the early like Friday the 13th movies, which I think the first one and a couple of them take place in a summer camp. But uh, yeah, it's it's freaking awesome, man. Incredibly bloody, incredibly gory. It expands on the story that they set up in the first one in in meaningful ways. Um, there's a lot of just upsets throughout the movie where these characters die that you that you really like in the most brutal ways. Um, and again, there, there's a lot of these, you know, typical um, what's, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, caricatures, I guess of characters that are like so typical of these like seventies movies, like that jock asshole, the, you know, virgin girl, things like that. But uh, they do it very well and it's well-written. It's clever. It's self-aware. However, it still maintains a serious tone throughout it. I freaking love these movies so far, and I'm very excited because the the third and final part, nineteen sorry, uh, Fear Street Part 3, 1666, is coming out on Friday, this, this upcoming Friday. So I'm definitely going to watch that for next week. And uh, where this one is going, and the, they, they do a, a brief trailer of this uh, of the next movie at the end of Part 2, similar to what they did at the end of Part 1. They did a trailer for Part 2. And uh, – it looks super cool. And yeah, I'm excited to see the origins of this sort of Sarah fear, um, like plot line, because she's, she's, I guess the one that's been cursing the town of shady side throughout all these centuries. And, and she's the common through line in each of these movies. And it's super cool because in, uh, the 1666 part three, all the entire cast of the first movie and the second movie, are playing different characters just back in 1666. So, uh, yeah, I really hope they knock it out of the park with the finale, and I can't I can't wait for it. I, I really love this, uh, at least these first two movies from this trilogy. And I think what Netflix is doing, releasing them week to week, was a very smart call. Yeah, it's interesting. It's an interesting concept to make these movies. They're so far apart, so it's neat because it's following a very – it seems to me anyways, it's very it's following a very different story each time. 
they seem to be all directed by the same director too. Mm-hmm. It's kind of cool the way they've done this. It's like they they they're almost starting from scratch each time with a th- with a through line, sure, but I, it seems like that unless I'm mistaken. So they they don't they don't have they don't have as much to go on from episode to episode in that they're not they're completely doing something different. So if they had succeeded in the first one, they could have maybe like just kept kind of branched off to the next two for like a kind of a mini series, but they're not doing it like that. They're just they're going back yeah. in time each each time and they're asking the audience to start from scratch. It's kind of cool. And it yeah. seems to be very highly rated. Like it's over eighty percent on Rotten Tomatoes for the for the first two. So it's I'm curious to see what the last movie is going to be in terms of a critic score. Yeah, me too, man. Yeah, it's it's very exciting and it's interesting as well because uh, at least for part two, they reference the summer camp and what happened at the summer camp in the first one, and you know that like the fates of most of these characters already going into it, but they somehow keep up the suspense all throughout the movie. Um, and still end up making a bunch of surprises. And uh, yeah, again, fantastic, fantastic so far. And I really hope the third one's uh, really great as well. And um, it really does feel like a mini series, though, uh, more than a, um, like a movie series, kind of uh, the way it, the way they connect. It reminds me kind of of um, Sherlock, I guess, or Luther, where it's like, you know, those three episode first seasons, but every episode's an hour and a half. It, it's similar to that. Yeah, I see. Yeah. yeah, except this is more anthology. Like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Like, it's interesting. It, I think the Mar- MCU, like the Marvel Cinematic Universe, kind of blurs that line. Like, they've got these movies that all kind of connect very seamlessly together, and uh, they kind of just ask you to to tag along. Although this is happening in quick succession, week on week. But yeah, it's, mm-hmm. it's cool. It's a, it's a really neat idea. Yeah, going back in time is cool too. Like, not starting from the beginning, like starting in eight, the eighteen whatever sixteen hundreds, and then going mm-hmm. forward. I think it's, it's, that's also really neat as a concept. It's cool. This is a really cool concept. I'm, I'm almost tempted to watch it again. I'm just not that much of a horror guy as we've discussed on many episodes past yeah. of our podcast. Yeah, I do recommend it, man. Cool. Sounds good. Uh, anything else you watched this week? Yeah, I guess on the topic of Netflix, um, I mentioned – or I guess we talked about many moons ago that uh, there was going to be – a Resident Evil anime series that releases on Netflix. And uh, it came out, Resident Evil Infinite Darkness. It's a Netflix original anime series. However, the animation style is honestly this hyper-realistic 3D animation with these like kind of anime elements. It looks very similar to the game's animation. Um, and that that's a compliment. However, I almost feel like the games in some ways are animated better, in better quality. The what? stream for this resident evil game is not in 4k on netflix i'm sorry the stream for the resident evil show series yeah yeah the the show is not in 4k it's just 1080p um so it doesn't look all that great and uh how could that be isn't it a netflix created series it is it is it's rare it is a netflix yeah years i've actually been saying about netflix shows that they're they're almost always in 4k um, and HDR. So it's, that's fascinating. Yeah, it's kind of a bummer um, that it's not in 4K. It just doesn't, it looks grainy, at least on my 65 inch like OLED, like watching it from pretty close. I can definitely notice it. And I feel like I, I played Resident Evil 3 earlier this uh, year, the remake. And that game running at like 60 frames per second in 4K on my PlayStation 5, it looks phenomenal. Like it, it looks amazing. And I would almost argue that the game looks better than this series. At least mm. the cutscenes of the game, I feel like, look better than this series. 
Um, and on top of that, the story in those games significantly better than the story in this four episode series. It's it's not good. Like it's it's a I, I would go as far to say as this Resident Evil series is bad. And uh, I'm pretty disappointed about that because I was looking forward to this. I, I like the Resident Evil universe. I'm a fan of Resident Evil. I like, you know, where the story goes, even though it's incredibly wacky and and ridiculous. And this this show does do some cool things. But again, it feels like a rehash of things done in the games and even things done in the older um, Resident Evil movies, the animated Resident Evil movies, I should clarify. Um. And if you are not a fan of Resident Evil, this series literally does nothing for you. Like there is absolutely no reason you should watch the series if you are not a fan of Resident Evil. And I would even say if you are a fan of Resident Evil, the series doesn't really do much to the Resident Evil lore. It's it it starts at one place and it's cool to see, you know, Leon um, Kennedy, who's uh, the main character in Resident Evil 2 and 4, and then uh, see Claire Redfield, who's the main character um in Resident Evil 2 as well, alongside Leon. And it's cool to see them interacting with one another again. But it's they barely interact with one another. There's not too much crossover with them, which is pretty disappointing. And uh, it really doesn't do much for the wider Resident Evil universe. So, uh, again, it's only it's less than two hours long if you just binge the four episodes. But I wouldn't even say it's worth the watch. Oh, wow. Yeah. Is it, but does it connect to my favorite franchise of all time, the Resident Evil movies that they've been making for the last 10 years? No, no, this is this is within the game universe, not well, in what? the live action movie. Well, universe. Why would I ever watch this? Those are the best movies of all time. I'm, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm going to stop the ruse here. I don't like those movies. <laughs> I have no interest. I like the first one. No interest in those movies. Whatsoever. And I remember liking I remember liking those first three live action Resident Evil movies, but I don't think I watched any of the following ones. They just again, I, I mentioned no. this before. They just don't seem that connected to the video games. That, that That's just no, always felt like that to me. And it's like, what's the point? Yeah. But anyways, yeah. I'd just like to point out uh, to Kenneth Saddlebauer that uh, I know that we just talked about video games here, but this is a one-off. This is a one-off. We're not, we're not doing that, you know, throughout the episode. You know, we're not IGN. Thank you, Kenneth, for your uh, for your letter again. Thank you. Um, uh, yeah. And uh, anything else you've been watching this week, Adrian? Um, that's most of it. I did actually start um, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia Ooh. because I finished Mythic Quest and I wanted more of Rob McElhenney's writing. I don't know if we talked about the ending of Mythic Quest, the finale of season two. Well, we haven't because you hadn't seen it until now. Oh, I can't remember if I finished it last week or, or this week. But anyway, you didn't. We talked about how you were going to talk about the finale this week. Well, I'm going to talk about it right now, Simon. It's amazing. I really love this show. It's it really grew on me over the 20 episodes or however much there are. And there's some very spectacular episodes. Um, my disappointment is that. The way season two ends, it it feels just as much of a series finale as a season finale. I know. Like and there's no me- talk about season three that I've seen or, or any specific talks. I'm not sure that there is going to be a season three. It's weird. Yeah, which makes me really sad because I want I want more of these characters. I want I want more of the story. But again, they they neatly tie up pretty much every loose end there is. And if it does end here, it's I wouldn't be I would only be upset because I don't get more of it, but I'm not upset about how it ended because it's a beautiful ending and it's such a good show. It's I love it. I absolutely adore this show. It's it might be one of my favorite shows I've watched this year. Um, Yeah, I really I really love it. I really love it. And, and I'm sad if it doesn't come back for a season three. 
It is amazing. Yeah, I agree with you. It's it's funny. It's um, it doesn't seem like it was going to wrap up at all, and then all of a sudden the finale just kind of wrapped things up. It, it, it's almost yeah. odd. Like, it's like either they were planning on going a different direction, or they were planning to get canceled, which is weird because I think that this show is growing in popularity. Popularity. I think I've I've seen more people post about it on social media than than previously. But maybe I'm wrong. I don't mm-hmm. know. That's just a, a gauge based on like a very personal experience looking at social medias so i i don't know i, I have no idea but yeah like uh, what did you think of the episode peter it's amazing yeah uh it's so heartfelt and funny and sad and it makes you feel like such a wide range of emotion again there's there's these episodes in this show that are just absolutely phenomenal that elevate the show into something that i did not think it was and um yeah, like it's it's beautiful. It's well written, well acted. Everything about the show, honestly, it's fantastic. It's great. Yeah, it's. Yeah. I agree. It's really, really good, and I'm hoping it's not the end because I, well, I can. It's weird. We just get into this at the la, at like the last second, I guess, before season two ends, and then we watch the finale of season two, and it's maybe the series finale. It's like, oh, that's so disappointing. I'm, I was just mm-hmm. getting going in terms of my interest and love of this series. So, ah, yeah. hopefully that's not the ending, but we'll find out, I guess. Yeah. But uh, yeah, after I finished that season, I was in the mood. I wanted more of Rob McElhenney's writing and, and, and him in general. So I started watching It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, um, which funnily enough is on Disney Plus through Star. And um, I watched the first, I want to say three, maybe four seasons back in the day on the now defunct streaming service, Rogers streaming service, Show Me. And I was watching it and obviously they, they shut down that service and it, I don't recall it being on another streaming service since then. Um, so, yeah, I decided to start it from the beginning again. And man, this show is so incredibly offensive. It's unreal. It's unreal. Like the shit they got away with only like, what, 15, 16 years ago. It's uh, they touch on pretty much every touchy subject possible within these first six episodes I've watched. They deal with Nazis. They deal with, uh, you know, transgender people. They deal with racism. They deal with sexism. They deal with a corpse. Um, It's so fucked up uh, in all the best ways. And it is so funny. However, it does show its age. There are a couple of things where I'm like, ooh, like that's a that's very uh, yeah, definitely doesn't fly but again it is a product of its time and it not only shows its age with the writing at some points but also it's in four by three the quality it looks like it's fucking 240p like it's not high quality i think that's because Um, so if you're watching the first season it's because they shot it on like a a camcorder right exactly yeah yeah which we talked about a, a few episodes ago um yeah so it doesn't look good but again the the writing is is still really funny and it's really messed up and you're following arguably four, at least three of the four worst people on planet earth. They're such pieces of shit, but again, it's, you still love watching them and it's not really, you're laughing with them. You're laughing at them, uh, which I think, you know, other shows like the office does really well. Like you're, you're usually laughing at Michael Scott as opposed to with Michael Scott when he says offensive stuff, right? Because it's just so outlandish and ridiculous. But um, yeah, I really like it. I'm, I'm going to keep watching it. I'm just going to slowly chip away at it over time. I have 16 seasons of the show to watch, so yeah, exciting, exciting mm-hmm. indeed. 
What else have you watched, my friend? That's pretty much everything I've watched this week, I think. Um, I actually jumped in after I watched Loki, which again, great episode again, but we'll I think we'll save that discussion for when we do a, on a closer look episode for Loki, like the entire season. But again, great show. I'm really loving it. I'm really loving it. Me too. Um, yeah, it's really great. I'm excited to watch the final episode and and talk about it. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah, it's crazy. Six episodes. It's short. It's relatively short. Mm-hmm. Yeah, quality, but short. Um, the other thing I watched on is specifically tied into Loki is that Monsters at Work came out on Disney Plus this week. So it came out on Wednesday oh. as well because all the releases were moved to Wednesday, as we talked about a couple, a few episodes ago, maybe five episodes ago. And so Monsters at Work is like a, it's a Pixar animated series sequel to Monsters Incorporated from 2001. It's crazy to think, by the way, that Monsters Incorporated came out in 2001. 20 years ago? It's a, yeah. I don't know why. It just feels like it was not that long ago, but whatever. Uh, anyway, uh, the show is pretty good. The show is pretty good. It's, it's like 20-some-odd minutes, so they're really they're, they're going for that uh, network-type 30-minute episode-type idea in, in, in this show. They are good episodes. I do like them. I just find there's not a lot there that I, I, I don't know. It's interesting. I, I like them. I do. I mean, it brings Sully back. It brings it brings Mike uh, Wazowski back, and then it's Billy Crystal and John Goodman, which is great. And then they bring a really cool supporting cast: Ben Feldman from Superstore and Silicon Valley, and uh, and of course an actor that you you talked affectionately about a couple episodes uh, ago of our podcast, which is um, uh, Henry Winkler. Which I, I think that he's just fantastic, and I feel like he's in more things now than I feel like he was in. 30 years ago. <laughs> I don't know if that's that's true or not, but I feel like with Barry and Arrested Development and this show, and I, I feel like there's a bunch of other things that I, I just, uh, they're, I'm just missing them. And I'm forgetting what, what he's been in, but um, he's really good in, in this show as well, in Monsters at Work. Uh, and obviously, he's voicing a character. There's no, he's not, it's not randomly Henry Winkler jumping out of a, out of a closet, but uh, it, it is good. I, I do like the show a lot, but it's just I find that it, the episodes are a little short, and it's it's something I I'm probably going to want to talk about when we talk about the like Loki spoiler cast. Is I, I do wonder if like even with Loki, this show is kind of similar in that I wonder if they're not taking big enough swings with these series, and and, and even all of the Marvel series, whereas it's One Division or Falcon and the Winter Soldier, I wonder if they're just taking the risks are relatively low. And I mean, that could change with the Loki season finale, but I don't know if you feel that, but I, I think that that is the thing that I put my finger on. That is the problem with these series on Disney plus is that they're very high quality and that they're very highly produced, but I wonder if they're not taking big enough risks. No, I, I, I do agree with you uh, in terms of that. I feel like um, even with the ending of WandaVision right. and everything that happened, it felt very, uh, for one, anticlimactic uh, when when the show ends, but also just like it doesn't have that huge of an impact to the wider universe at the end of it all. Right. Unfortunately, it yeah. feels like it's tied up neatly. I almost feel uh, I definitely feel that with Falcon and the Winter Soldier a little bit more. I mean, there's one big change, which obviously will play a part in the coming movies. But again, I, I feel like, yeah, they don't take big enough swings. Um, unfortunately, and I do definitely feel that way with Loki as well. Uh, it, it feels 
like it's going to have very little impact to the wider universe, unfortunately. Yeah, there, and, uh, there are things that are impactful, it seems like. But I, I wonder, again, like knowing that we're going into the finale, I do think they're just going to wrap it up with a neat little bow, just like they did with WandaVision and Captain, uh, Captain Falcon and the Winterman. And I think that the chance of them really taking a risk and doing something very unique – Although one division in some way kind of ended in a way that you're like, ooh, what could happen with their like end credit scene? But that was an end credit scene. Like, do something a little bit more wild. Like one division itself, it starts with a huge risk. They're taking a massive mm-hmm. swing. Like that that concept of making these kind of episodic episodes that you don't know what the heck is going on at all, and they're going through sitcom sitcom history. That's so unique. It's awesome. But then it simmers. Mm-hmm. And they had to wrap it up with a neat bow. And they went back to Marvel Cinematic Universe fashion with their like kind of an end battle. And it's like, I don't know. That's, is that what we really – is that what we want? I, I don't know. Like, I, I didn't. Like I, I know that some maybe want that. It's, I, I don't – I do like popcorn flicks. Like we do like that kind of concept. But I, I just – I don't know. I, I'm hoping that the ending of the sixth episode, the ending of Loki – is a little bit more of a swing, a little bit more, a little bit less safe. Mm-hmm. See what we can do uh, to to kind of play it less safe, but we'll see what happens. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess on that topic of like Marvel being able to take big swings, I think they just released the What If series trailer, which is the upcoming, I think it's coming out in August, Marvel um, TV series that's fully animated. That is like, what if Star-Lord was, you know, T'Challa? What if... Marvel had zombies and stuff. I feel like with those episodes, you can take huge risks and big swings and stuff like that. Um, But again, at the end of the day, it doesn't have any impact on the wider universe. We just get to watch these crazy stories unfold. Yeah, that series I'm actually pretty excited excited for. Uh, I think the trailer's pretty good. I think the art style is really cool. I'm going to slightly correct you there. I don't think that that's a swing at all. In fact, that's maybe less of a swing. We know that there's impact. No, no impact. That's kind of the point of the what if series. There is literally no impact, and so you're not taking any kind. You could do whatever you want. Sure, that's imaginative to throw T'Challa into um, the Guardians of the Galaxy, but it's ultimately not really doing anything that's not safe because none of this matters. And they they literally tell you that right in the trailer. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, that's a fair point, actually. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. So there was actually that um, that Star Wars Legends series is kind of it seems similar in that that's not not is it called Legends? Sorry. Oh uh, no, I forget. I forget what it's called. It's basically anime. It's like Star Wars anime little snippet movie type concepts from uh, a variety of different anime uh, creators out there. Um, it's not Legends. It's um, Visions. Visions. Star Wars Visions. Right, which is similar. Actually, it seems actually kind of similar to the concept of what if. But there's, mm-hmm. th- it's neat though to bring in these really cool styles of anime and create a new Star Wars story in that. I think that that could be really neat. I just don't. I also think yeah. that that also won't impact the Star Wars universe at all either. So, yeah, fair point. Um, way back when, I remember saying that like, hey, there's like a Marvel show that's coming out that has a bunch of different like that's going to have like a bunch of different. Um, art styles and stuff i was 100 percent mixing it up with this star wars vision series yeah that's fair yeah it's, yeah, it's neat 100%. i actually think about Mandal- the mandalorian season one and season two i don't think that those shows play it safe actually that's it's it's interesting 
I actually don't think that those seasons are that safe. I think that they, they took swings. I don't know. It's it's not all Disney shows. I just realized that. Even Monsters at Work, I do find it's it's pretty safe. Like Monsters Incorporated um, is kind of a it's a very unique idea, and then they run with it, which is awesome. And then this show is kind of they're just running with it a little bit more. Yeah. I I hope it gets better. But there's two episodes now on Disney Plus. Uh, they both aired on Wednesday, so I'm excited to see more. On top of that, I watched uh, Pixar's Party Central, which is also a spinoff, like short film for Monsters uh, Monsters Incorporated. Actually, it's a spinoff for Monsters University. A uh, really good. It's only six minutes of your time. If you have a moment to check that out, it's actually fantastic. I just uh, we watched what? Monsters at Work the first two episodes, and we're like, ah, that was that was good. It was enjoyable. And then I, I was scrolling through Disney Plus, and I was like, oh, what's this? And so I turned that on and it's pretty good. The shorts on Disney Plus in general, the Pixar shorts, because Pixar shorts are just amazing anyway. I just think about that dumpling, that little dumpling uh, series. Bow. Yeah, bow. So good. Not series, sorry, the short film. It's very good. Yeah. Fantastic. I teared up. In a, in a, for like a six minute tiny movie, it's crazy what they can do. Yeah. Pixar, amazing. Um, yeah. Real quick though, on, on the, that what if series, I don't know if you realize it from the trailer, Robert Downey Jr. Isn't reprising his role as Iron Man, Tony Stark. I noticed that and that it didn't sound anything like his voice. So he seems like he's out. Yeah. Yeah. He's recast, which is odd because I feel like they said that all the returning cast is coming back. I, I could have sworn that's uh, that's something that they said, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's kind of, it's a little bit disappointing. Um, and I feel like no one was really talking about it. I watched that trailer and I was like, what? Like, that's definitely not Robert Downey Jr. But I, yeah, I didn't see anyone uh, point that out. But something I wanted to uh, bring up here. That is interesting. Yeah. What the heck? Mm-hmm. There was like a, there was a hubbub on certain websites that were saying Robert Downey Jr. He, he unfriended people on social media that were his co-stars in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Apparently. Oh. He just like, un, like he, he unfollowed a bunch of people on Twitter and et cetera. That's kind of a interesting thing to do. It seemed deliberate, according to some fans. Maybe it's not that deliberate. I'd have to look more into it, but it is a little weird. It seems like he's completely done with this universe. It does seem like that. It's too bad. Because I, I was really mm-hmm. hoping that when we get the uh, multiverse war, like that that's bound to happen to end this, uh, you know, like like the Infinity War. The, the only way to go bigger, I think we said this before, uh, than to, to you know, f- kill 50% of the population of the universe would be to... Uh, to go between, have an actual multiversal war where you have multiple multiverses be threatened by some larger threat. And so that's got to be what they're going for, which means that Robert Downey Jr.'s Iron Man is alive in some universe, likely anyways, or it seems possible, depending on how they go with this multiverse type concept. So it's uh, it's too bad because I, I really did think that Chris Evans would be back and Robert Downey Jr. would be back for that. But maybe not. Guess we'll have to wait and see, man. Let's move on to the news, shall we? An hour in? Yeah, let's do it, baby. Let's begin with a small collection of more focused stories that have been particularly pertinent this week. Number one, according to publication The Hollywood Reporter, Army of the Dead writer-director Zack Snyder's next project is set to be a science fiction space film for Netflix called Rebel Moon. The concept for Rebel Moon had been slowly in development by Snyder for years based on an initial pitch to Lucasfilm for a potential new Star Wars installment back in the early 2010s. As the story goes, the pitch never went anywhere due to the purchase of the Star Wars universe by Disney in 2012. But Snyder never stopped working on the project. Rebel Moon is being co-written by Snyder. 
Army of the Dead screenwriter Shay Hatton, as well as 300 screenwriter Kurt Johnstad, and plans to tell the story of a mysterious young woman who goes on a mission to neighboring planets to recruit warriors to save her own planet from an oppressive regime. The film is said to be largely inspired by Snyder's love of science fiction and the films of the Seven Samurai director Akira Kurosawa. Rebel Moon is planned to enter production in 2022. Adrian, I know you're a Zack Snyder Snyder fan. What are you thinking about this? Well, Simon, I think this sounds super awesome. It's cool that we're getting a Star Wars movie that's not really a Star Wars movie um, directed by Zack Snyder. I love the story that he tried pitching this to Lucasfilm and, you know, it never went forward and he just kept on working on this project. And now it's being made with Netflix and we're going to get it. And I'm pretty stoked about that. I think even with the name Rebel Moon, it, it reminds me of Star Wars immediately as well. Um, so I feel like it's going to be, um, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm curious how how similar it's going to be with Star Wars. Like, are they going to have lightsaber-esque weapons? Like, what what's going to go down? Are they going to have the Force, etc.? I'm curious what he's going to keep in that's related to Star Wars and what's going to be taken out. I'd imagine they wouldn't have lightsabers. That's just too iconic. Uh, and the Force as well, honestly. So probably not, not either of those things in, in reality. I think that that's unlikely. I wonder if I guess you can't get sued or anything for that because I guess you can. There's a certain creative license with movies and things like that. I just don't. I doubt it very highly that there'd be, you know, laser swords in Rebel Moon, but it's possible. It's possible. I'd imagine also it's going to be rated R. I haven't seen a Snyder movie that's not rated R in some time. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that actually makes it a little bit more exciting. And again, not being attached to Star Wars. It's kind of full flexibility. Zack Snyder can just do his Snyder thing, make it super artistic and trailer-esque, um, and just go absolutely bloody and brutal if he wants to. And just, yeah, you know, taking inspiration from Seven Samurai, um, I think is a really neat idea as well. I'm I'm down to watch Space Samurais. And again, just the idea of, you know, a young woman going from planet to planet to save her planet and gather warriors is just a neat concept. And I don't know, I'm, I'm already sold on this just from the pitch alone. And I, I'm sure I'm going to enjoy it. Um, Cause again, even the Zack Snyder movies that I don't love like army of the dead, which came out most recently. And, and uh, yeah, I mean, that's really the only one I don't love sucker punch either. I still think sucker punch is pretty good though. Um, despite the reviews uh, I still like enough. Um, so yeah, man, I, I'm, I'm pretty much sold on this. Cool. 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 Awesome. Alrighty. Number yeah. two, as reported by website Variety, director Matthew Vaughn's next film, Argyle, will be an adaptation of the currently unpublished thriller novel of the same name by author Ellie Conway. The film is set to follow the super spy known as Argyle as they travel the world taking part in espionage, you know, as spies do. <laughs> to speak to the quality of the manuscript for Conway's book, Matthew Vaughn said, quote, When I read this early draft manuscript, I felt it was the most incredible and original spy franchise since Ian Fleming's books of the 50s. This is going to reinvent the spy genre, unquote. (gasps) Vaughn's production company Marv is already planning for three films in an Argyle-based film series. Argyle is set to star Samuel L. Jackson, Bryce Dallas Howard, Sam Rockwell, Henry Cavill, Catherine O'Hara, Brian Cranston, John Cena, and singer Dua Lipa. Adrian, this is a crazy cast. And uh, I know you enjoy the films of Matthew Vaughn usually, I would say. 
you like the mm-hmm. X-Men, X-Men uh, First Class. Uh, you did uh, enjoy, actually, yes, you did enjoy Kingsman as well. Um, what do you think of this? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, again, just to start off with the cast, like you said, it's absolutely nuts. Like, this is this is an all-star cast. I was going to make a joke being like it's a bunch of no-names, but uh, you didn't give me that opportunity. And obviously, I would have been wrong about that because these are very well-known, very well-named. Oh, my God. Very well-known actors. Uh, I love Sam uh, Sam Rockwell. Again, honestly, this entire cast list I'm all into. Duo Lipa, I honestly don't. I'm unfamiliar. Like, I, I'm sure I've heard some of her music on the radio, but I I don't know how she looks like or if she's ever been in a movie. So that that I feel like is the outlier in the rest of the cast. She has not. Um she has not been in a movie ever. No, she's she's creating the song for this movie. I, I think I'm guessing based on the fact that it's very spy oriented, and it sounds. I mean, they're making a direct comparison to James Bond. I wonder if she's making the theme song for it, but we'll see. Oh. So apparently, she's not been in anything really of like any major motion picture. So this is kind of her first debut as an actor. Neat. Yeah. So I'm, I'm super into this. I like these sort of spy movies. Uh, and again, like you said, I really like Matthew Vaughn's movies, at least the few I've watched. Like I think X-Men first class is one of my favorite X-Men movies. I really like it. I think it's well directed. Um, it's yeah. Like uh, I, I kind of flip flop between uh, first class uh, and days of future past on which one I like more. Uh, Logan's definitely my favorite X-Men movie. Um, but yeah, I, I think that movie's pretty great. And I, I think the first Kingsman movie is really, really good. Uh, Kingsman, the secret service author, uh, also directed by Matthew Vaughn. I think that movie's freaking awesome. Samuel L. Jackson's also in that movie. So it's neat that he's bringing, uh, Samuel L. Jackson back. And again, it's very R rated. It's bloody. It's, it's, it's comic booky. Um, however, I've definitely soured on the second Kingsman movie, the golden circle. I remember uh, watching it in theaters and being like pretty high on it. And then the more I thought about it, the less I liked it. And the more kind of um, I, I wouldn't necessarily say they're plot holes, but the more flaws I saw in that movie, the more I thought about it. Uh, I feel like I got to go back and watch it. However, you know, The King's Man, which is supposed to come out later this year, that looks absolutely stellar. Um, so, yeah, I'm definitely into this. I, I think uh, I think this could be good. Did they say um, if it's going to be like a Netflix original, is it going to go to theaters? I know it's done through uh, Vaughn's production company, but is he attached with any other like studios? Not that I'm aware of. So it looks like it's going to come to theaters, I'd imagine. I mean, we're coming Ooh. out of this pandemic, theoretically. I mean, I hope so. But we'll see. I think it's going to go to theaters first and foremost, but hard to know at this point. Um, I just realized mm-hmm. that I've, I think I've watched every single movie Matthew Vaughn has ever made. Oh, except for Layer Cake with Daniel Craig. That's the first movie that it's on IMDb for him. Apparently, Layer Cake's actually pretty good. I've not seen it, though. Stardust was the first movie I ever watched by him, and I think I saw it in theaters in 2007. I really love Stardust. And then Kick-Ass, I so happened to see. I never did this on... I never did this because I love Matthew Vaughn movies. I just so happened to watch every movie he's made. Mm-hmm. That's a Yeah, Kick-Ass is really good. I, I forgot that he directed that movie. I was going to say Kick-Ass, funny enough. Uh, well, I... <laughs> When I left the uh, left my write up and was gonna say it was saying what you, you I know you like Matthew Vaughn movies I was gonna say Kick Ass and I paused for a moment the, the reason I paused is because Kick Ass was on my mind and then I thought oh maybe he didn't make Kick Ass but he did so anyway um, yeah no I like every one of these movies pretty much X Men First Class definitely is not my favorite X Men movie to be honest 
I do like it, but I much prefer Days of Future Past. I actually prefer X-Men 2, I think, as well. So, but mm. regardless, yeah, no, this is exciting. The coolest thing about this story, in my opinion, is the fact that he thinks it is is the biggest thing since Ian Fleming's books of the 50s, which I mean, James Bond is a massive series. Like, it's the biggest spy series ever made, arguably. So the fact that he's saying that is actually crazy. Um, well, I don't know. I guess maybe he's com- comparing the books. I think he's talking about the actual story uh, them- mm-hmm. itself. So I-, I think that there's a lot of potential here if he believes that. I mean, this book hasn't been released yet. So <laughs> it's hard to know exactly how everyone else is going to receive it. But uh, they're making a movie and they're planning to make a movie based on a, a manuscript that they have for a book. So <laughs> it's it's cool. Again, the cast is unbeatable. So it's this is going to be cool. This is going to be cool. I'm excited for this. And Catherine O'Hara, actually, just as a, a quick mention, I feel like she hasn't been around that much. And then she kind of just popped up back onto the scene because of uh, Shit's Creek. Mm-hmm. And she's back. She's back, baby. She's, she's doing it. She's going she's gonna to be in this blockbuster, which is really cool. Yeah, it's good. It's good stuff. All righty. Number three. As Variety reports, actor-producer Reese Witherspoon's production company, Hello Sunshine, is reportedly being put up for sale, and the potential purchase price is said to be quite steep. To be acquired, Hello Sunshine is looking for $1 billion, but considering the studio came into existence in the year 2015, this high of a price tag is arguably a telltale sign for the content arms race in the ongoing war of the streamers. Make no mistake, Hello Sunshine has certainly produced some hits with the Apple TV Plus series, The Morning Show, HBO's Big Little Lies, and the David Fincher-directed film Gone Girl under their belt. The company is certainly nothing to scoff at. But to put things into perspective, it was not long ago that the historic 97-year-old media juggernaut MGM Studios, creative force behind the James Bond movies, was sold to Amazon for $8.45 billion. With all that being said, there are rumors swirling that it may in fact be Apple that purchases Hello Sunshine, which is likely due to the existing production relationship formed between the two companies. Just like Netflix, Apple has recently been striking some of the most flashy deals around with some of the most sought after Hollywood creators. More specifically, Apple just signed a contract with the Lovecraft Country series creator Misha Green just days after network HBO denied Lovecraft Country a second season. Green has been a key contributor to a variety of hit shows such as Spartacus, <gasps> Sons of Anarchy, and Underground, which explains the very TV-focused deal that she signed with the tech conglomerate. Adrian, what are you thinking? This is a this is a bit of a meaty a meaty boy story. What do you think? Hmm. I'm thinking uh, Apple's Apple's doing the big swings, unlike uh, Disney Plus. It seems like they're going. They're trying to build up their repertoire of original content. Uh, and they're trying to make these big purchases, partnering with Misha Green um, again, right after uh, being denied her second season of, uh, of Lovecraft Country, I think is a very smart move. Uh, there's a lot of spotlight on Misha Green, and I honestly did not know she had anything to do with Spartacus and Sons of Anarchy, both shows that I really, really love. Uh, so that makes me even more excited. I think what Apple is doing um, is really great. And I'm a big believer in their Apple Plus uh, TV service at this point. Um, Ted Lasso and Mythic Quest both, I think, are phenomenal. And that's, I mean, I've seen a couple movies uh, on, on the service itself, uh, including, um, what was that one Tom Hanks movie with the with the submarines? Greyhound. 
Greyhound and and the one with Rashida Jones and um, Bill Murray. I forget what that movie's called as well. On the Rocks. On the Rocks. Yeah, those two movies. The, like so far, what I've watched from Apple TV is all spectacular, and and it looks like they're doubling down on making their original content very high quality, bringing in you know a creator like Misha Green. And I haven't watched Big Little Lies. However, I am very well aware of how well-regarded that TV show is. And again, Gone Girl, another movie I haven't watched. I know that's incredibly well-rated. So I don't think they're messing around with this. And I'm, I'm very excited to see where this Apple TV Plus streaming service is going to go. And I'm curious if they're going to keep the price at such an affordable, uh, affordable $6 a month for an extended period of time that as well. That is the question, isn't it? Yeah, it's interesting. I feel like that the big play on this from Apple's perspective, it seems like it is anyways, is that the... This is like a value-added service. Like the you're you're mm-hmm. buying into the overall Apple ecosystem because even for me, for instance, for me, they've got the Apple, uh, what's it called, Apple Plus subscription or Apple subscription plus or something like that, where they've got everything from iCloud to news, the 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 news Apple News Plus option and the Apple TV Plus, the Fitness Plus. They've got it all under one umbrella, and honestly. I'm. I think I'm paying with. If I were to buy Apple TV Plus, I'm actually paying more. I'd be paying more than if I just bundled it all together. So that's a really good value mm. on its own. They're an interesting. They're in an interesting like spot where they can kind of like Amazon Prime actually in some way. But they they're in a spot where they can bundle all of these services together and uh, be an incredible value theoretically um, if you were buying everything. Um, anyways. Mm. So the $6 is very affordable. I agree. And I do wonder if the whole poll as well is that they're a hardware manufacturer. So, you know, you buy an iPhone, you get Apple TV Plus. You, you buy an iPad. It's, it's a reason why you would nece- probably buy an iPad is because, well, actually, I get, I get this for free. I get this awesome mm-hmm. streaming service where I'm going to watch a show like Ted Lasso or Mythic Quest. Uh, and get that as well. So it, it seemed like that was the purpose. Is that it's this is kind of what I was saying about Roku. This is the exact thing I was talking about with Roku. Why would Roku's purchase of Quibi? Why would Roku just give away the Quibi content for free? It, it doesn't make sense. Just make it so that you are getting a value when you buy buy a Roku box. You get a free version. You get free Roku whatever the Roku content ends up shaping up to be in the next few years. Right now, it's just quippy content. Like you would get that when you buy a Roku box or buy a Roku TV. That would be a benefit. I think that's the point for Apple is that you buy into Apple services, you potentially get Apple TV Plus for free. You buy into Apple hardware, you potentially get Apple TV Plus for free. And it's only growing. Uh, They they released a second trailer recently for uh, the foundation, which is that uh, Isaac Asimov um, book created into a into a TV series, which has like crazy big name actors. And if you watch that trailer, I that show must cost a lot of money to make. Honestly, mm-hmm. it's crazy. That trailer is looks really good, actually. I, I, I never brought that up, but I watched the trailer. And I'm like, man, I think I'm going to watch this. Yeah. Um, I mean, like yeah. uh, Isaac Asimov is well known to be like one of the, you know, a very influential member of like the science fiction um, realm, like a, a science fiction author who's really made huge influences on t- TV and film, as an example. Um, in yeah, fact, he's Isaac, even referenced. Yes. Yeah, he's even referenced in Mythic Quest. He is indeed. Um, he's in it. <laughs> so yeah. his, they, they create a fictional version of him in that show, which was shocking to me. I didn't see that coming. And it's funny because Mythic Quest is also on Apple, Apple TV Plus. But 
Um, so they must have an admiration for uh, Isaac Asimov over there. But um, yeah, it's cool. This is a this is a neat move. I, I also I should also mention to you, and I don't know if you realize this, but uh, Misha Green's next project or one of her un, uh, upcoming projects is she's directing as a directorial debut. She's directing Tomb Raider two uh, with oh um, Alicia Vikander. Exactly. That's sweet, man. Hopefully, it's going to actually be good. That first one was uh, it was very just okay. I enjoyed it, but it was very just okay. Yeah. Um, so with her attached, hopefully they can make it a little bit more serious and cool. <laughs> just better. <laughs> better. <laughs> I I hope they can just make it better. Yeah. The best thing about that was that they they did touch on the flavor flavors of the new video game series. Mm-hmm. Uh, Alicia Vikander did well. And I really like Oh man, I had his name, but now I lost it. He's a I lose this guy's name almost every time I think of it. It's weird. The guy from Justified, he's also in Ant-Man and the Wasp. He's plays a villain. He's also in The Hateful Eight. Who am I thinking of? He's got a, he's got a really cool southern accent. He's a great actor. Walton Goggins? Thank you. Walton Goggins. Can never think of that guy's name no matter what. It's a weird thing. I had his name a moment ago. Anyway, regardless, yeah, Walton Goggins is also, was also in the first Tomb Raider movie. And I thought he was great. But I just don't think that he had much to like. Neither did Alicia Vikander. Like there just wasn't a lot to play with. It just didn't feel that was not a big swing. That's a great example of not taking risks. Just, yeah, it was a worse version of the rebooted game. Like it, they yeah. literally just took some story elements, but did it significantly worse and didn't bring any of the fantastical elements that that first game brought in. They kept it very grounded, which I found very disappointing. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah. Oh, and uh, I love the Tomb Raider reboot games. They're actually really great. Apologies to Kenneth Stanabar. Uh, of course, we're talking about video games just briefly here. Um, <laughs> apologies. Uh, but yeah, good stuff. Now onto the montage, a sequence of our show in which I briefly present the week's smaller news stories as Adrian delivers a brisk verdict. Number one, as Deadline reports, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon actress Michelle Yeoh and Gary Hadji actress Sophia Brown have both been cast in Netflix's The Witcher spinoff series, The Witcher Blood Origin. Oh, okay. A lot of Witcher news this week. Maybe I'll jump into the Witcher game prior to Witcher Season 2 coming out so I can get into Witcher Season 1 before Season 2 and then maybe I'll watch a spinoff. I actually think that the Witcher game, like the the PS5 version of the Witcher Wild Hunt, Witcher 3 Wild Hunt, is actually going to come out just as the Season 2 comes out. It seems like that's going to happen, but we'll see. It'll be smart. Smart move. Number two. According to Deadline, American Horror Story actress Lily Robb has been cast opposite WandaVision's Elizabeth Olsen and Breaking Bad's Jesse Plemons in the HBO Max true crime TV series Love and Death. Oh, okay, okay. Jesse Plemons, amazing actor. I love him in everything. Elizabeth Olsen, amazing actor. I love her in a lot of stuff. Lily Rab, I'm unfamiliar with her work. This can't be can't be profitable for free to lay. Number three, as the Hollywood Reporter notes, Grey's Anatomy and Bridgerton creator Shonda Rhimes has renewed her deal with streaming juggernaut Netflix. The extension will include a number of TV series, films, and even video games. Oh, they should make a Grey's Anatomy dating sim where you still do doctor stuff as well. That's actually a really good idea for a game. Apologies to Kenneth Stadelbauer um, 
for, for you know. Number four, as Variety reports, NBC Universal streaming service Peacock has renewed the Ed Helms starring comedy TV series Rutherford Falls for a second season. Oh, I remember watching the trailer for this one. It looked okay, if I recall correctly. Number five, as reported by Variety, Jurassic Park actor Jeff Goldblum has just been cast in the fifth season of the HBO Max TV series Search Party, starring Alia Shockett. Oh, okay. I heard Search Party is genuinely amazing. I started hearing about it randomly, but there was already like three or four seasons out. Tempted to watch it. Number six. According to Deadline, Lady Bird star Saoirse Ronan and Sorry to Bother You star Lakeith Stanfield have both been cast in the film called Foe. Foe is being directed by Lion director Garth Davis and is currently being eyed for purchase by streamer Amazon Prime. Okay, okay, maybe I'll watch this. Number seven. According to Variety, Netflix has purchased the rights to the documentary about the con man known as the Tinder Swindler, who used Tinder to con thousands of dollars out of unsuspecting women. Jesus Christ. I'm, I'm, I'm curious about that one, actually. Number eight, as website Vulture reports, Lady Bird writer-director Greta Gerwig is set to direct the Barbie film adaptation starring Once Upon a Time in Hollywood star Margot Robbie. Gerwig will also write the screenplay with the Marriage Story writer-director Noah Baumbach. Is this, are they going to make a really good Barbie movie? Because this sounds like they're going to make a really good Barbie movie. Sure looks like it. Number nine, according to Deadline, the Netflix King Arthur-based series Cursed has been cancelled after its first season. Gasp. Number 10. As tech website The Verge reports, the highly anticipated second season of Netflix's The Witcher's TV series will officially premiere on December 17th, 2021. I heard that they're going to release the next-gen update of The Witcher game around the same time. You just heard that from me. I just took a guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I was guessing, audience. I was guessing. And I apologize to Kenneth Stadelbaugh for talking about video games. And that concludes the montage. <laughs> Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, video games. Um, yep, yep. Encanto. Encanto. The beat. It's stuck in my Encanto hand. The beat in that trailer is fantastic. The, how the beat is kind of going through the floorboards and the, the lady's slippers like slip onto her feet. I just feel like that was the most memorable memorable shot in that trailer for Encanto. Encanto. In English, the word Encanto signifies charm, glamour, spell, delight or joy Ooh. according to the collins dictionary and kento means and kento the allure of something or someone is the pleasing or ex- exciting quality they have sorry the allure of something or someone is the pleasing or exciting quality they have no i said that right the first time good and kento good indeed indeed good indeed good adrian what do you have for me buddy what do you have for me i got I got new releases for you, baby. Oh, oh! so this is for the week of July 12th to the July the 18th. That's a Monday through a Sunday, as we regularly do here. And the first movie coming out this week is coming out on Wednesday, July 14th. And it is a movie called Gunpowder Milkshake. This is a Netflix original movie starring Karen Gillian. And she's this badass hit woman. Well, hold on. Her name is Karen Gillan, isn't it? Isn't it Gillan? It might be. I think it's Karen Gillan. Is it? Yeah, I think so. Karen Gillan Karen. of, uh, you know, of Gardens of the Galaxy. Jurassic. Oh, it is. I don't know why. Why did I have an eye there? I almost said Jurassic Park. I meant to say Jumanji. Jumanji. Mm-hmm. Yeah, great actor. Uh, the hit movie The Circle, which is arguably one of the worst movies I've ever seen in my goddamn life. Oh, I forgot she was in that. Yeah. With yeah. Uh, Emma Watson and Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks was in that movie with Patton Oswalt. Patton Oswalt, yeah. 
John Boyega. What a like it had a good cast. What the hell happened? Anyways, that movie was a terrible plot. Like the story again, that's another moment where the plot just it was awful and nothing was gonna make up for that. Yeah. It made no sense. That movie literally made zero sense. The ending of the movie is the biggest, like, what? What like what what is happening here? This is literally the opposite. Anyways, doesn't matter. It's very strange. It doesn't matter. Yeah. It's a bad movie. Like that's arguably one of the worst movies I've ever goddamn seen in my life. I, I believe for a while you were saying that it was the worst movie you'd ever seen. I mean, not to me, of course, yeah. because we don't talk outside of this podcast, but in general. Never. Yeah. No. Okay. Anyways, private network. Who killed Manuel Buen Buendia? This is a Netflix original movie. It's a documentary about the murder of the renowned Mex- of the renowned Mexican journalist of the same name. Cool. Yeah. A classic horror story is up next. This is a Netflix movie. And again, I'm not even going to tell you the description. It's a classic horror story, baby. The next movie on the list is a movie called The Guide to the Perfect Family. This is a Netflix original French Quebec movie, actually. Ooh. And uh, it is The Guide to the per- to the Perfect Family. These These movies explain themselves. The next movies coming out are coming out on Thursday, July the 15th. And the first one is a movie called A Perfect Fit. That's all you need to it's know. It's a Netflix... <laughs> That's it. that's it. All right, next movie. No, no, no. It's, it's my on Netflix. Mix. It's on Netflix. <laughs> uh, it's a Netflix original movie, and it's about a fashion blogger who, and a shoemaker who 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 start to fall in love, but the shoemaker has a fiance. Doesn't sound like a perfect fit at all. No, it doesn't. Almost like a misnomer. It sounds like it sounds like adultery to me. Ay ay ay. One of the remember one of the Ten Commandments, Simon. Thou shalt not adulterer. Don't cheat on your significant. Yeah, that one. Don't cheat on your significant other, that one. Yeah, that's yeah, that's exactly the wording. Mm-hmm. Written on the tablet, of course. Yeah. Mm-hmm. My Amanda is the next movie that's coming out, and it's another Netflix original movie, and it's about two friends who are friends forever, and they're each other's only constant in their lives forever. Uh, okay. The next movie, Simon, they're all coming out on Friday, July the 16th. And the first movie on this list is Fear Street Part 3, 1666. It's Netflix original movie, and it's all about the finale of the three movies that I already talked about earlier in this episode. I love these Fear Street movies so far. I hope this last one's really great. I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm ecstatic. I'm so stoked. I get it now. I know why they chose to go back that far. You had to have three sixes. Oh, Hail Satan, dude. Yeah, that's clearly what they were doing. I, I was wondering, like, Hail that's a far way back, like 1600s. But you got to put mm-hmm. the three sixes in there. It's important. It makes sense. It makes sense now. Oh, my goodness. Crazy. You know you know who else is related to Satan, Simon? Uh, uh, the cast of A Perfect Fit, because they're they're promoting adultery. Oh. And that's one of the sins. Right. They're, going, they're going to hell, baby. Because they, they broke that... One of those Ten Commandments that are written on a tablet, right? Yeah, don't cheat on your significant other. I understand. Or else you go to hell. It's those exact words on the mm. on, in the mm. on the on the virtual Bible. Mm. Encanto. Encanto. Deep is the next movie that's coming out. This is another Netflix original movie. And it's about four students from a med school that find themselves in a neuroscience experiment that goes out of control. It's going too far. This neuroscience experiment. It's going too far. Oh no! Can they get out of this experiment? Who knows? I don't. Indeed. I don't know either. Great. Oh, oh, oh. You don't. What a twist. 
Great White is the next movie on the list. And this is confirmed by Movie Insider in the Apple TV app. This is a video on demand movie and it's about a shark attack movie. It's it's sharks attack and it's one great white shark and it attacks people. Oh. Oh no. Yeah. There's only five shark deaths a year. Is that true? Give or take a bit. Yeah. Really? I think so. Give or take a bit. It's not much. There's not too many shark attacks a year. Are you saying in the world? In the world? In the world, Simon. Are you sure? Yeah. I feel like that's the case. Here, let me Google it real quick for you. That seems very low. How many shark attacks? Let's check 2020. Um, yeah, it is low. It's 57 confirmed unprovoked cases. Was lower than the most recent five-year average of 80 incidents annually. There were only 13 shark-related deaths, though. 10 of those 13 were confirmed to be unprovoked. So my statistic that I just shared with you was false, Simon. It appears appears that way. Yeah, I'm glad you corrected me. It's crazy. Like, like sharks are a terrifying creature. They're, you know, they're, they're big. Like, I wouldn't mess with a shark. I'm like, I'm, ter- I'm terrified of open water. I'm terrified of sharks. And yet they but don't it's, mess it's, with people that much, according to this. Exactly. It's a fairly irrational fear. Fear. You know what I mean? Like, like I, I haven't been in the ocean for years. And then the, the time I am in, in the ocean, I, am I going to be attacked by a shark? Probably not. Who knows? Maybe I'll die from a shark attack later on. But, you know, it's, it's unlikely. It's unlikely. They are terrifying creatures, though. They are. But, like, you know, there's more deaths from, like, jellyfish. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's more deaths from hippopotamuses. Is that no? Is that true? Now let's. What is this now? An animal podcast? Like, the, I, definitely the hippopotamus is the most dangerous animal on planet Earth. Yeah, but it doesn't mean there's attacks. Like, where are there hippopotamuses to attack people that often? They're very aggressive. Come on, to have them like more hippopotamus deaths than sharks, though. Britannica article that estimates 500 to 3,000 people die oh from God. hippo attacks each year You're based right. on accounts. You're right. I just figured yeah. that it's easier to get attacked by a shark because you can't see down below. So you just get attacked by accident. They just don't they don't know what they're attacking. But no, I guess mm. 500 to 3,000 versus, what did you say, 80 yeah. per year for sharks? That's crazy. But 80s wasn't even deaths. Oh, that was attacks. 80s, yeah. There's only like 10, 13 deaths. This is deaths. Oh, yeah. No, crazy. Yeah, I'm nuts. looking at, I think, the same article. Mortality mm-hmm. rate is 500. Wow. Wow. That's nuts. Yeah, man. They're incredibly aggressive. They're fast. They'll just go down. They just want to chomp you up for no reason. I don't even – yeah, they, they can, like, crush you. Just crush you immediately. There's this story about this guy that, like, you know, raised a hippo from, from like, childhood. And, and that hippo just grew up and killed him. He's like, I don't even care. I don't even care about this guy. They don't give a fuck, these hippos, potamuses. Yeah. Yeah, house hippos would have been a lot more dangerous than than they claimed if they had been real. Yeah. You know, mm. you remember uh, the movie Big Daddy? You ever watched the movie Big Daddy with Adam Sandler? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Do you remember the scene like hip hip hop hip hop anonymous? I don't remember Schneider? that. It's been so long since I watched that movie. But what the kid was trying to say it? No, Rob Schneider was trying to say it. Like the the oh. kid like was able to pronounce all the words fine, and then uh, you know Adam Sandler's teaching Rob Schneider and. And uh, I think it's like Dylan and Cole Sprouse. Funnily enough, they play the kid. Both of them? Yeah. Yeah. They like go back and forth. Crazy. I didn't know that. They're both in the credits. Yeah. Huh. Um, and and uh, yeah, like <laughs> like uh, Adam Sandler's trying to make Rob Schneider's character say hippopotamus. And he's like, hip, hip hop, hip hop anonymous. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> so stupid. It's a classic. I love Big Daddy. That's a classic movie. That's a big movie from my childhood as well. I watched that like. 
so many times. Anyways, continuing on the movies released this week. The next one is a movie called The Sleepless Unrest. This is confirmed by Movie Insider and the Apple TV app. This is a video on demand documentary that takes place within the house that inspired the conjuring movies where like a group of friends, they stay in uh, the house for two full weeks and document the experience. Oh, yeah. I'm actually tempted to watch that. Like I'm curious about it. Um, I don't know. I just want to know are ghosts real. I don't believe in ghosts. I don't believe in spirits. I want to know. I want to watch this documentary. Who knows? How to Deter a Robber is the next movie coming out. And this is confirmed by Movie Insider and the Apple TV app. This is a video on demand comedy where amateur detectives go into the wrong cabin at the wrong time. Uh-oh. Presumably because robbers are going to rob that cabin. Uh-oh. Yeah. Die in a Gunfight is the next movie on my list. And this is confirmed by Movie Insider and the trailer. This is coming out in both theaters and video on demand. It's about a forbidden love that causes a war between two families. Very Shakespearean. Mm. 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 Pig is the next movie on the list. This is confirmed by Movie Insider, the trailer, literally everywhere I checked. This is apparently coming to theaters. However, it's not coming to Cineplex. As far as I could tell, it's not in the coming soon portion. So hopefully we do get this here somewhere. But this is about Nicolas Cage, and he chases down the people that stole his beloved pig. Yeah, it's a truffle pig. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it looks ridiculous. It Ridiculous in like what way? What do you mean? In a good way. Oh, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, I, it yeah. does actually look pretty good. It doesn't look like – I thought it was going to be like a movie like Taken. Ridiculous Cage goes mm-hmm. like off the rails and like defeats the crazy – or like John Wick but with a pig. Yeah. That's what I kind of thought it was going to be. But um, it doesn't look like that. It actually looks way deeper than that. And uh, I'm kind of curious about this. I think he there's such a weird chance that he gets like nominated for best best actor. Actor. <laughs> I think it's not <laughs> insane. I, I don't know, but he's a he's a wild card. Nicholas Cage is legitimately a wild card. Like he's been in. Is many, he a good actor? Yes, he is a good actor, but he's also he has no. He does not discern between these roles. He will be in any role they offer him. It seems like that. That probably is not true, but it just seems like if he's offered a role, he will take it. Yeah. I love that episode. I think it's Community Season 5 where um, Abed goes goes absolutely insane trying to figure out whether Nicolas Cage is a good actor or not. Yeah. And it like breaks him down as a human being. (laughs) Yeah. That's a good one. I liked, uh, by the way, speaking of uh, like Danny Pudi playing Abed, uh, Abed – uh, sorry, not, not Ovid, but Danny Pudi in Mythic Quest is a, has a pretty cool uh, role as well. Like I think Brad yeah, is actually really kind of character. an interesting character. And, and I wish we saw more of him. That's why I'm kind of disappointing as, disappointed as well that it might be over because I just don't feel like we saw enough of some of these characters like Brad. Like I want to see more of his relationship with his brother and things like that. So like I know that they wrapped it up in that last episode, but I was again, I just kind of was left wondering why, despite the fact that that episode's great. I just thought, what mm-hmm. the heck? Like, <laughs> why did you do this? There is more. There, there are more stories you could tell, theoretically. But now it doesn't feel like that because they ended it with that last yeah. episode. Anyway, I think Danny Pudi's great in that soon. I agree. Uh, next movie coming out is uh, Escape Room Tournament of Champions. This is coming to theaters, and this is the sequel to the first Escape Room movie where if you don't escape the room, you die. Ooh. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Roadrunner is the next movie that is coming out. This is going to theaters, and it is a film about the late Anthony Bourdain. Oh, wow. Yeah. I think I saw a brief clip for that. It looked good, actually. Yeah, yeah. Um, And then finally, the last movie this week is Space Jam. 
a new legacy. This is coming to theaters. Um, where are Lola Bunny's? Bo- no, I'm just kidding. I'm not going to do that. Um, you yeah, just did this it. This looks. <laughs> I always, I, it's like a pet peeve of mine on this podcast. When you half say a joke and then say, I will not do that. But the audience heard you say it. It's recorded. And there's literally a reference many episodes back. One of our episodes literally called that. So, Adrian, I think, I feel like just do it or don't do it. No half measures, my friend. No more half measures, Walter. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness, Simon. Oh, my jeez. This Space Jam movie looks awful. Does it? It looks really bad. Yeah, I watched the trailer. They released a... They released like a uh, like a clip called Notorious P.I.G. Yeah, okay. it makes it made me want to kill myself. Um, they released a couple. This looks absolutely atrocious. I'm like, I don't know what the hell this is. It does not look good though, whatsoever. Looks really bad. Did you like the first Space Jam movie with Michael Jordan? I liked it enough. Like I watched it when I was young. I'm not like hugely nostalgic to that movie though. Like like I I don't have too too much nostalgia for that movie. Sorry, is probably the better way to word that. I do like um, it, actually. I don't know. I do like the first one. I don't know if this is going to be good. It might be terrible. But it's crazy. It's coming it up this bad. week. It seems like we've been talking about this for a long time. And now yeah. it's happening. Or short time, even. Like it's just, it, it, Time is moving differently in this pandemic. But anyway, yeah, it's crazy that it's coming out this week. I guess it'll be in theaters. So uh, this leads me to my next and final question before we wrap this podcast up. What is the... Uh, what is the movie that you want to see most in theaters now that the theaters are re- reopening other than Black Widow? Uh, in the Heights. Oh, oh, cool. Good answer. Good answer. Yeah. Huh. The uh, musical with a bunch of music from Lin-Manuel Miranda. It looks really good. It looks really good. Yeah, that's fair. Know. How about yeah. you? Uh, I knew you were going to ask me that after, but I actually had nothing prepared. <laughs> so I don't know why I, I should have prepared an answer. Um I don't know. I didn't have anything prepared. You just sprung this question up on me and I answered. I know. It's weird. I didn't think about it. I, I really do want to see A Quiet Place. Um, so that – I kind of want to see Pig actually, funny enough. But anyway, I guess we'll, we'll see. We did kind of see a lot of these movies because they kind of just – they eventually became rentals. Like we, we missed a lot of them. Like uh, Judas and the Black Messiah now is available. Yeah, it's on Crave. I got the notification. I, I might resubscribe to Crave because uh, I do want to watch No Sudden Move which we brought up last week. Right. That would be another um, one that we and, would go see. But again, it's not in theaters. So, Yeah, and I definitely want to watch Judas and the Black Messiah. That movie looks awesome. Um, yeah. Interesting. Interesting indeed. Wrath of Man actually looks pretty good too. The guy, the guy Richie flick. Is that going to come to theaters soon? It came out in May. Oh, it already came out. Oh, shit. Oh, yeah. Jason Statham. Mm-hmm. Okay. No, I agree. Yeah, that's a good one too. The one I'm most anticipated for this year, probably, to be honest, is the Suicide Squad. James Gunn has hyped this up so much. The poster they just released where the all the characters are like walking on Viola Davis's face. Yeah, Amanda Waller. Yeah. So good. Yeah, it looks really awesome. I'm very excited for that. I'm super stoked that the movie theaters are open. Um, again, Cineplex posted it on Twitter, and I, I retweeted it just very very happily because this is literally all I've been asking for since COVID uh, started. This is all I've been wanting. I just wanted the theaters back. And uh, they responded to my tweet with uh, Dr. Evil doing his little fingers like, come here, come here yeah. for a hug. Yeah. And uh, I was like, that's nice. I like this social media human being behind the Cineplex page. I was like, I appreciate that. So yeah, it's good. Can't wait. I cannot wait to go back to the movies. Yeah. Me neither. Me neither, Adrian. Thank you for joining me for this episode. Uh, do you have anything else to say before we wrap this baby up? No, not really. I mean, we've recorded this 
way earlier than usual, so it's still bright outside. Um, I don't know what I'm going to do with the rest of my day. I usually like finishing off my day talking to you, like finishing off my Saturdays talking to you, but now I got now I got like an entire day left to do stuff, so I don't maybe, know. i got to figure it out. Maybe you can uh, play some video games. I might do that. I'm tempted to start Final Fantasy X on my PlayStation Vita, funnily enough. Cool. It's been uh, over a decade since I played that game. Um, Sounds good. Yeah, we'll see. Sounds good. All right, then. Uh, apologies to Kenneth Sadabar for talking about video games. Uh, thank you for listening to the 54th episode of Split Focus, a film and TV podcast. My name is Simon Eady, and this is Adrian Pinter signing off. This is me, Adrian Pinter, and I'm signing off. I want to thank everyone for listening today. Um, and uh, yeah, you know, I, I guess with all this free time, I might actually watch a really great movie. Uh, that movie being Batman v Superman. It's an awesome movie. Great movie. Fantastic. Uh, anyways, uh, take care. Goodbye. Encanto. Encanto. Goodbye. Take care. Goodbye. Encanto. It's going to be a bop. There's going to be some bops in that, that, that thing. Encanto. I'm going to say that for the rest of my life. Say that every day. And Kento. <laughs>